Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins. With me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 6, Episode 9, and as always, we pray we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is a busy week for you. Holy cow. We're actually recording early this week. We're doing it on Tuesday because tomorrow is... Ash Wednesday. Exactly. And that requires a whole extra service this week. Right. It's a complete full worship service. Right. And so that puts two services prep on you this week. Right. I've got the Ash Wednesday on Wednesday and first Sunday of Lent on Sunday. So double double your trouble, double your fun. Double, double your delight. Exactly. <laughs> but in the in the opposite side of things, what's coming up Thursday night for you? Thursday is my last night with the second church that I've been serving for almost uh, a year now. It was a church that was in uh, extreme financial distress uh, and uh, had gone through eight pastors in nine years and was just really struggling. And so I have spent the last 11 months trying to get that church uh, back on track, both financially and spiritually. And Thursday night, I hand them off to their new pastor. And so a ton of paperwork that I'm trying to get done and get collected for the new person. Um, and uh, But it will be really good for my soul <laughs> to be back to one church. Just down to one one hour a week, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. One hour on Sunday. <laughs> Except on Ash Week. All I, yeah, two hours. <laughs> two hours this week. <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to the real, the real meat of the podcast. Uh, we're still in the book of Mark, correct? And we're still in chapter two, correct? What verses are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're verses eighteen through twenty-two, uh, and as it is so many times, uh, whatever version you read from is going to be very, very similar. So I'm reading from NLT. Excellent. Once, when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Amen. All right, so a couple of different things going on here um, for me, and we'll let's just go ahead and jump in uh, verse by verse. Verse 18, once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? So what is the what is this rule about fasting that they're challenging yeah. Jesus and his disciples? Yeah. Are? Originally, when God gives the law to Moses on Sinai, there's one day of fasting a year. That's it, the Day of Atonement, the day when the high priest makes atonement for the sins of the entire nation. While they were wandering around out in the wilderness, the high priest would place all of those sins, all of the community's sins, 
on the head of the scapegoat. Right, a physical goat. Right, so a they, true goat. Get the name yep. scapegoat. And then there was a guy who was specifically selected to drive it out so far away from the camp that it could never find its way back, and so it would die lost and alone out in the wilderness. And when it died, the sins were paid for. Sin requires a blood offering. And so the scapegoat... Um, was the sin offering, and he was done on the Day of Atonement. And for the people to not just go, hey, tough break for the goat, right? (laughs) so that they might feel some of the pressure of their sin and some of the weight of their sin, they were commanded to fast for 24 hours, sunrise on the Day of Atonement until sunrise the following day. So um, they had to go through a 24-hour fast so that so that there was some some physical pain to constantly gnaw at them and, and remind them, you're a sinner. Yeah. And, and, and a poor animal is dead because of you, because of your sin. When they uh, eventually move into Jerusalem City and Solomon builds the Holy Temple, and in the Holy Temple is the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant is kept. Then on the Day of Atonement, the high priest slaughters a bull. He slaughters a ram. He gets two bowls of of each of their blood. He takes it into the Holy of Holies, sits on the Ark of the Covenant, dips one hand in each bowl, and then he splatters that blood on the Ark. And as the blood runs down the Ark, the sins of the people are washed away. And again, a 24-hour fasting is prescribed uh, so that they will feel some of the weight of their sin. The fasting that's going on here, entirely different animal. It's a totally different story altogether. It's It's a a totally totally different different story. story. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We have the priest making sacrifices with a fasting requirement from the people now, this feasting is completely different, right? This, this fasting that's going this, excuse on. Excuse yes. me, this fasting is completely different. Yeah, we got two different groups that get referenced here, the Pharisees and John the Baptist and his disciples. Um, the Pharisees uh, are these, you know, very pure guys who consider themselves sinless and holy and we never break a rule. Uh, and last week— uh, uh, it came up that uh, they were upset about Jesus having dinner at the tax collector's house. You're right. breaking a rule. Well, it's not a biblical rule. It's not a rule that God gave to Moses. It was a rule that the Pharisees had created themselves. And now we're bumping up against some more of their self-created rules. Pharisees had decided, if you want to go to heaven, you need to fast once a week. Mm. Once a year is not going to get it done. you got to fast once a week. And if you want to be one of God's favorite people— when you get to heaven, you need to be like me. You need to fast twice a week. Every Monday and Thursday, the Pharisee fasts. His is a completely different fast than what we're talking about. His is only a 12-hour fast. It goes from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., which means at 5.30, he can eat a honking huge breakfast, Right. go through the day, and at 6.01 at night, eat a big dinner and go to bed. Just fine. So Never once dwell really on his sin. Not a whole lot of pain from <laughs> no. hunger, hunger pains or anything like that. And, and the Pharisee on this twice a week, then he would he would get up, go through his morning routine. And just before he left his house at six, he would paint his face completely white so that it looked like he was almost dead. And then he kept in a special drawer a set of rag junk clothes, a shirt that's torn to shreds, shoes that have the straps coming off. 
And twice a week on, on Monday and Thursday, he'd put those clothes on and then he would walk out into the, into the community, wherever the people were gathered. And he would run up to a group of people and just throw himself on the ground. and begin, was me. Yes. <laughs> And just start shouting about, oh, I'm so hungry. This is miserable. It's tough to be as righteous and pure as I am. Oh, you're lucky you're not me. And we know we just had breakfast two hours ago. (laughs) But, and he's just crying. And he would spend the whole day just showing off for people about how miserable his life is. And how holy he is. Yes, how holy. holy. Yes. Jesus in the other gospels, when he's talking about this, calls the Pharisees hypocrites. And in Greek at that time, hypocrite meant an actor. Right. So he he is calling them, you're just actors. Right. (laughs) You're not that hungry. No, you're out there putting on a show. If the people do stop and go, oh, you've gotten everything you deserve for your for your show. You've gotten the applause you deserve. So the the Pharisees have invoked this on the rest of the community. You need to be doing what we're doing twice a week. Well, it's it's a sham, and it would be stupid for people to do that twice a week. Especially if you're like a day laborer and you're hungry already every day. Yeah, You know. (laughs) The second group that's referenced is John the Baptist. Now, he's still up and running. His business is still going down in the south, down in Judea. He is still baptizing in the Jordan River. And any time John the Baptist and preaching comes up, there's always one topic, repent. Right. It's always his first line, repent, repent, repent. And John is using fasting, and we don't know if it's once a week, twice a week, once a month. We, we don't know how often he's using it. But he is using fasting to help people to emotionally connect to repentance. So his makes sense. It's not for the entire community. It's just for those people that are coming on board with him uh, and have realized I'm a sinner. I need salvation. I need to confess and openly display my sins to a God who already knows them. And and so John is having his devotees um, repent and fast as part of this process of breaking away from the old Jerusalem church and, and preparing for whatever Jesus is getting together. Very good. And so a group of people, and we don't know who this is. None right. Of At first I thought it was the Pharisees that were asking, but it's not. They're asking about this fasting exactly. practice. And it's re- that's a really common misconception. People go, okay, so the Pharisees were all over Jesus last week. I guess they're still on him. Is it the same dinner that he's eating at? We don't know, and we don't know who the people are. When I went through my research this week, most of the uh, of the big brains that I researched <laughs> said, it's probably the tax collectors and prostitutes that he's eating with. Hmm. They're sitting there with Jesus going, you're a holy man of God, and we're here eating a great dinner, and yet we know this is a Thursday, and John's guys and the Pharisees aren't fasting, so... We don't get to go to church. Nobody will talk to us about these things. Can you explain fasting to us and why you're not fasting? That makes actual sense to me. It's like, (laughs) because you're right. You're right. These are the people that don't get to go to synagogue or uh, worship services at the temple. Right. So they really don't know what these rules are that people keep throwing at them. Yeah. You know, what makes me a sinner? Well, he says I'm a sinner, so therefore I'm a sinner. Yeah. And so I see these guys that think, you know, that they say they're the holiest ones around and they're fasting 
and I know you're holy and you're not fasting, explain to me, Lucy. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. It's probably a very genuine, honest question. Uh, Greek often comes with uh, endings that let you know what the attitude is of the sentence. Mm -hmm. This one is not confrontational. It's more genuine, inquisitive. Very interesting. Very cool. Okay, so Jesus then replies in verse 19, uh, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. Okay, and then verse 20, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Okay, so here's, I'm a 20, 20th century guy, but now it's the 21st <laughs> century, but I'm a 20th century guy, and we don't do any kind of stuff like like they did back then for wedding ceremonies. When, when you got married in first century Israel, um, you had the day of the wedding, and all your friends and family come, and you have a great, wonderful party, very similar to what you and I do sure. now. But then you didn't leave with your bride on a honeymoon. You stayed in your house for another six days. And guests came and went over the course of the next week. And every day was filled with drinking. Um, Feasting. Not, not supposed to yeah. get drunk, but, but if you get a little tipsy, hey, it's a wedding. These right. don't happen every day. That's okay. So there wasn't a big condemnation of if you slightly overdrink. Yeah, feasting, eating good food and, and large amounts, and then just lots of laughing and right. joking and, and enjoying life. And it's, it's supposed to be one of the best weeks of your entire life. Sounds like fun, that's for sure. Yeah. A whole week of, you know, here's my friends, and we're having lots of great food and lots of great drink, and just chit-chatting and laughing and telling stories. And right. That sounds like great fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's supposed to be wonderful. Very good. And all of the great rabbis of that era had studied this, and they had all come to the same conclusion and said, that's not an appropriate time to fast. It's not appropriate for the groom or the bride to try and fast during those seven days. So if, if uh, you know, the Day of Atonement happens to come along, don't don't break the wedding for a fast. Um, if, if you happen to be traditionally a Monday or Thursday faster, don't, don't fast on those typical days. And if you're a guest of the wedding, it would be incredibly rude of you to show up and say, I'm here to celebrate your wedding, but I'm not going to eat with you because I'm being holy. Right. So the great rabbis had all agreed, when the wedding is all over, when that week is done, you can catch up, make up on your fasting days after that and get caught up. But the joy of a celebration outweighs the penance of, of self-examination. We want you to celebrate and, and rejoice. And so that's what Jesus is referencing is, I'm kind of a wedding groom here. Uh, I'm only going to be here a little, this, I'm only going to be with you for a short little time. I, I am, uh, you are becoming my church. You are you are in prophecy, my bride. So I'm the groom. You're the bride. We're having this great wedding time. And during this time that I'm here for the wedding, we're not going to worry about fasting. We're just going to really enjoy what's something good that God is doing and that you get to see. How, how much in the Old Testament did they wait for the day when God would come? How many prophecies are there about, please, God, come and show yourself and be with us and don't turn your back on us. And, and this pleading of, God, we want your presence. And Jesus is like, here I am. That's what I'm saying. Are all the prophecies about that? God, save us. <laughs> and so Jesus says, and so now that I'm here, 
Let's party. Let's, Let's, I mean, yeah. yeah, this is a great time to be alive. Prophecy is fulfilled. <laughs> you get to be here at the maybe the most amazing point in all of history. We should enjoy this. So we're not going to burden ourselves with, with fasting. For now, we're going to celebrate what's good. And then in verse 20, he drops this tiny little foreshadowing bomb. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to be here forever. So once the wedding party is over, when yeah. I leave, yeah. then you can go back to fasting. But for now, like we said, go ahead and enjoy the time we have together. You know, we've said over and over, Mark moves really fast. Here right. we are in chapter two, in the middle of chapter two, and Jesus has just introduced the crucifixion. Yeah. <laughs> so get moving. Then moving on then to verse 21, and he gives these two examples. Uh, Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And then verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. So it's a couple of examples there of, yep. um, and it took me a well, while, really never understood until probably a couple of years ago, they were patching a shirt if you put new cloth, and then because it's new, it hasn't shrunk yet. It hasn't right. been the washer and dryer yet, right. like your Levi's. Uh, and so if you put the new cloth on to sew a hole, then it gets wet and shrinks, and now it's going to pull away because you didn't make this, the patch large enough. Yeah. So that's kind of what he's talking about there. And the same thing with the wineskin. They, they're not multi-year use, right? Right. A wineskin is basically a bladder or some yes. sort of internal organ from the animal. Yeah. And you just cleaned it out and poured wine in it, but it got old after a while. Loses its elasticity. And so if you put, take an old, I don't like the word, but an old crusty wineskin <laughs> and put new wine in it, uh, you're probably going to, it's not going to hold together and it's going to burst As open. As the wine ferments and goes to gas. Yeah, yes, you're going to split explode. it open, lose the wine, lose the wine skin. So he's saying, what is he saying? He's saying, don't treat the old ways with new ways. He says, In a way, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's continuing on about this celebration point. And he's been making the point for the last two or three um, um, situations. I am new. And the way we're going to look at the law and look at God, it's a new way, right? You guys have developed these really punishing viewpoints about Scripture and about God. It's all these rules, and the rules are here to punish you, and God hates people, and that's why they're sinners. And God, you know, he's just—the the religious establishment has been punishing the people with God, using God to beat the average man and woman. Jesus is here to tell them, no, God loves you. God cares about you. And God completely understands the difficult situation you're in. It's a brand new way of looking at an old theology. All right. See, that was my question. Is is Jesus saying he's changing the rules or he's really not because he still believes all the rules in the Bible. But he's saying we need to look again at what the rules actually are and why they're put in place and know that God actually loves you and wants you to succeed. He's not out here to beat you down because you're yeah, poor, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so 
he's not throwing away the Old Testament. He's not changing the prescriptions of the law, but he is changing the attitude and the approach to it. Uh, and I don't think it's an accident that in the verse one, they referenced both the Pharisees and John the Baptist. The way the Pharisee, he, Jesus isn't getting rid of fasting. He's right. not saying that goes away. The way the Pharisees are fasting, no good. The way John the Baptist is fasting, excellent for his situation. And Jesus is going to give the people uh, the opportunity to, to continue fasting, but to make it more relevant to what the purpose is. Uh, my fasting will now remind me I'm a sinner who only by the grace of God has a chance at salvation. So I will fast and spend a whole day just being grateful that I'm not hungry like this every day, that I am loved by God. I've seen a lot of people that that will do that. They will fast for a reason. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know, go good on you. So I think the conversation of old and new is we're keeping, you know, he doesn't throw away the coat and he doesn't throw away the wineskins. Just the approach to how we're using them is going to be different so that we get the best out of both situations. And that's the way Jesus is looking at the Old Testament. We're going to keep the Old Testament, but we're going to use it in a way that is more fulfilling of your needs and of God's desires. What's really interesting about those last two verses, 21 and 22, is uh, there was a time in the early 20th century, in the early 1900s, when those verses were interpreted as, at that moment, Jesus dumped Judaism right. as invalid and, and a useless religion, and he invoked Christianity in that moment. Therefore, anyone practicing Judaism today is worthy of our disgust and our hatred and our persecution. And these are two of the verses that Hitler had his Christian churches invoke over and over on why it's okay to hunt down and kill the Jews. Jesus agreed to it in verses 21 and 22. Are we the baddies? There's been centuries of, how shall I put it, Hatred for the Jews. Yeah. Right? I mean, hey, the Jews were the ones that killed Jesus. Yeah. Right? So that was used as, as an excuse for hundreds of years yeah. to hate Jews. I, I hadn't heard this about how Hitler utilized it. But yeah. It, yeah. It, you got to be careful. You got to be careful <laughs> how you interpret scripture. You can make it say or think it says whatever you want it to, but you really need to get into maybe a fasting prayer yeah. and understand, <laughs> God, what are you trying to tell me in this verse or this section? What is it that you're trying to reveal to me rather than just, oh, yeah, that, that backs up my point right there. Yeah, the Jews are bad. We got to, we got to take care of them. So anyway, anything else on this one? Um, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> you're flipping for something. So. I, you, at some point, you're going to ask me, what's the title of the sermon oh, yeah, I know. Um, um, this week? And it's called, Do You See Me? And the whole reason for picking that title comes from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 58, verse 3. Uh, and I love this because if the Pharisees had paid attention to the Bible, they would have known that God already knew how they were going to run around and be idiots. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? <laughs> we have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I responded. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, you don't even notice. And so the sermon is titled, uh, because I'm going to compare that verse to the Pharisees fasting, the, verse is, the sermon is called, Do You See Me? 
<laughs> All right. Um, so if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click on that, pull it down, go to Sermons. Look for the sermon, Do You See Me? Can you see me now? This will have been delivered on February 26th, almost the end of the month. Yeah. February 26th, 2023. What are we covering next week? A discussion about the Sabbath. That's right. He's going to uh, kick the ant pile about the Sabbath next week. All right. Okay. Um, dad joke for you. Okay. What is Forrest Gump's password? I don't know. One Forrest One. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Kenny Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.